We probably all recognize the name Tesla these days, thanks at least to the electric cars. You may also know it's named in honor of inventor Nikola Tesla. Back in 1887, having landed in New York from Europe, he invented an induction motor that ran on alternating current. Then teaming up with Westinghouse, Tesla blazed a trail, helping build the first alternating current power plant, first in Niagara Falls. Then in 1897, Nikola Tesla relocated from New York to Christina Lake in rural British Columbia for three months. He came to the region to install four of his 60 hertz generators, including one in the community of Sandin in southeastern British Columbia in the West Kootenai region. Well, today the Silversmith Power in Sandin, Silversmith Power plant in Sandin is one of the only or is the only Nikola Tesla original power station still operating in the entire world, still using the same generator. And it is my great pleasure to welcome from Sandin, Hal Wright, owner of the family-owned Silversmith Power and Light Generating Station. Hal, thanks so much for taking the time tonight. Yeah. Hello, Dan. Uh, uh, thank you for calling. Now, I understand that you're actually about to celebrate a milestone, and you've been at, uh, at Silversmith Power and Light for an almost milestone number of years as well. Yeah, it's shocking. I, I can't believe... The time flies by like that, but I, I'm almost an artifact too. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually uh, first worked here in the summer of 1972, so it's just about 50 years ago. Tell me what it's like to go to work every day with what is essentially a piece of living history that still works. Well, I, I probably don't think about it so much every day, but when I do, uh, I, I certainly feel that it's a privilege. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working with machinery that so many hands have, uh, have been working on uh, throughout its entire lifetime. And, and uh, when you think of it, the, the machinery here has been generating power continuously uh, for as long as anybody on Earth has been alive, and then some. So it, it's, uh, I'm just one link in the long chain of people that have been involved in, in making this operation uh, go right from day one. Back to day one, I guess Sandin was a very different place 124 years ago. Yeah, very different than it is today, that's for sure. It was, uh, I, what I like to say to people is that it was like the Fort McMurray of 130 years ago. So it, uh, was a booming mining community. And for a while it was, uh, Canada's richest mining community. And the Slocan Star Mine that was the builder of this fabulous power plant, uh, that was the uh, forerunner to Silversmith, uh, they were the richest mining company in Canada at that time. So uh, Sandin evolved as a city in a very short period of time. It, it went from raw wilderness in the middle of the mountains at, at uh, 3,500 foot elevation. So it's doubtful that a human being had even set foot here before really up in the middle of nowhere, and then all of a sudden these, these incredible mineral riches, mainly silver and lead, uh, created a, an instant boom town, and, uh, and like I say, it be, became an incorporated city for, for a, a period of about 20 years before the uh, ultimate decline uh, forced it to be disincorporated, but it became a, a notable place in many respects, and one of the things that was such a marvel here was the fact that it was uh, BC's first community that was lit by a power utility that would provide electricity to every citizen. So it 
wasn't like uh, most of the towns and cities that had developed to that stage where the electricity was was designed and built for uh, you know for example a, a streetcar system or or a factory or things like that but here in Sandon the whole city was lit and everybody could enjoy electricity it was quite a marvel tell me a bit about what tesla built and why it survives even to today in fact it's green to top it all off not only was it built 124 years ago it's actually uh, has modern certification even yeah it's it's uh, timeless in a way and it's uh, proof that sometimes the old way of doing things isn't so bad after all and in in a sense uh, from the the green perspective uh, what was designed and built then of course they weren't thinking about green but it just happened to be uh, what meets the, the the current definition but but we're we're going to swing back to a lot of this technology or more more modern versions of it uh, again as as we address climate change and uh, change and that sort of thing um, yeah so it uh, the, the reason that this generating plant lasted uh, whereas more more of the older ones were dismantled and and ultimately disappeared uh, was the fact that uh, alternating current became the the standard uh, type of power uh, throughout the world for for transmission purposes and uh, and then here in in uh, North America, the ultimate standard became uh, 60 hertz and alternating current. And so any equipment that was built for that um, purpose has, has really had no reason to become obsolete unless it was ultimately replaced with, with something bigger or, uh, or more modern. Sandon was a, an odd place because what was built here for the most part, for the mining industry and and the uh, uh, service industries that evolved around it, uh, what was built here in the first decade was typically good enough to carry on for long periods of time after that. Um, in other words, the, the boom period was right near the beginning, and then the economy slowly but surely diminished. So the old uh, power plant here was always good enough for, for all of the needs, even as uh, as time went on and, and uh, things were modernized. And because it was in a remote location, it wasn't ever connected to the grid until recent years. And uh, so it, it just continued to do its job faithfully, and, and uh, the mining companies that owned it didn't want to replace it or, for that matter, even spend money on it because really what they wanted to do was spend the money on on mining exploration and things like that that would hopefully lead to to uh, something greater so so the power plant was was kept operational and everything stayed pretty much the same and years went by and then eventually the mining here ended and in 1993 that was the last time there was any mining production here and the power plant at that point was schedule for demolition it was seen as redundant and uh, I was the plant manager at the time that the mining uh, shut down and so I was soon to be a plant manager without a plant and and at that point our family uh, looked at the prospects of, of uh, 
basically uh, bringing the plant up to uh, to a really good operating state again and, and tying it into the BC Hydro grid. And that is what we ultimately did. And in order to look toward the future, we, we decided that we should probably get the green certification as well because that seemed to be the way that the industry was going at the time. And in 1999, we got federal green certification and, in fact, was the first hydroelectric producer in Western Canada to get that certification. So, anyway, here we are today. We, we had to uh, uh, do some major work on the on the water supply. All of the original penstocks were built of B.C. Douglas fir stave pipe, um, 17,700 feet uh, of, of lineal pipe. And you can imagine... So- what state that was in after a hundred years of, of operation or more. And so that was... That, that, that yeah. brought me to my next question. I'm just running a bit short on time. So I didn't want to, The history of this is fascinating, but tell me what it's like to own a power plant because not many people on this planet can say they own a power plant and work there every day. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a hilarious question and I, I'm not sure quite how to answer it because I, <laughs> I don't generally think about it. I, uh, I can say I... I arrived at this point rather accidentally. I, I uh, when I was in my teens, I thought I wanted to be an underground hard rock miner, and uh, I wasn't old enough to work underground at the time. You had to be 18. So, anyways, uh, I, my, I I got my first uh, job with the mining company here, working on that old wooden pipeline with the uh, older guys, and and it, everything just kind of happened after that. You know the. Uh, it wasn't really planned, <laughs> but anyway, I <laughs> is enjoy it, it. Is it fussy to work with? The, I mean, the machinery is old, right? It's the original stuff built back in, in 124 years ago. Is it? Is it? Is it temperamental? Does it need a special touch? It has its own character, and and after you've worked with it for a number of years, you get quite intimate with it and familiar. But but I can say that that uh, Westinghouse and and uh, Tesla, the genius behind Westinghouse, they they built incredible machinery it's very user-friendly uh it's simple logical and it's you know built rock solid and and uh it's a pleasure to work on it because you never ever feel like you're working on something that isn't worth repairing whereas uh you know if i think of my pickup truck or something like that uh, today i I don't like working on that stuff because you know no matter what you do it's not going to last who gets power from you uh, like who 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 now gets power from your your power plant? Well, that that's a, a great question. We we are the smallest of the distribution generation utilities in British Columbia, and uh, mm-hmm. BC Hydro is the biggest, of course. And we yeah. power the local community, but the vast majority of our production goes into the BC Hydro system and uh, and is sold to BC Hydro and its uh, subsidiary PowerX. And the communities of Nacusp, Silverton, New Denver, Rosebury, those are the communities that are, are actually consuming the electricity that's generated here in Sandon. Do you ever have any power failures? I, know, I mean, I suppose if, if you have a power failure, people know where to find you. Well, that's true. And uh, like any utility, most of our issues will occur when the weather is rotten and there's storms and things. But... Our system is is pretty bulletproof, and most of our uh, power failures here are related to issues within the BC Hydro grid. So, 
In other words, when the grid goes down, uh, we also have to go down as well. So our, our uh, relays and circuit breakers trip, and, and we have to wait for uh, clearance from the control center to, to re-energize. So that's uh, that's something that we deal with uh, as, as it comes along. And every year we get struck by lightning a few times, and we, we uh, have trees down on lines, uh, not our own lines, but ones that uh, connect us to the outside world and that sort of thing. Is there any truth to the fact that you do, in fact, power a Tesla somewhere in that community? Oh, well, we we have a, a car charger that we installed here. It's free for the public. Anybody can use it, no charge. Um, bring your adapters. It's a level two charger, and we are registered on on the uh, plug share site so if you happen to come up to sandon you can plug your car in and come and tour our plant that's what i was going to say the last thing i was going to ask you if anyone's in sandon and you feel like going to visit some original the only original tesla power plant still standing and the smallest one in bc um people can come take a tour right absolutely and uh in fact from may long week weekend right through till uh, october Thanksgiving weekend, we have a tour guide in the plant seven days a week, and the hours are typically 10 to, to 5, and uh, we've maintained that through the COVID period with the, with the uh, necessary COVID protocols. But anyway, uh, it's a great tour, and it's free, and uh, something that everybody should see. How right? It has been absolutely fascinating to hear about uh, about that small plant built so long ago by a man so famous and still standing today. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Well, thank you for uh, for calling. Uh, my pleasure.